Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Chapter 4, we'll start in verse 16. The Bible says, For which cause we faint not? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. The apostle here is asking and talking to us about our focus, what we focus on, what we focus our attention on. And he asks us here to focus our attention on the real world. Now this, on Mother's Day, this may be one of those terms that mothers use, the real world, right? She may say to her kids... You just wait till you get into the real world where laundry does not magically appear in your drawers clean, right? Where groceries do not magically appear in the refrigerator. Where the bills do not just pay themselves. They're talking about you kids just wait till you get into the real world. But this is not the real world that Paul the Apostle is talking about. Paul's telling us that the things that are seen, they are temporal. Isn't that interesting? Everything that we see is temporal. The only things that are eternal here are us, our souls, and the Word of God. Everything else is temporal. Passing away. Passing away. He says, no, there is a real world, but the real world is not seen. The real world is eternal. 
And that's what believers, as we say, Dan sang about, that's what true believers have been looking for and seeking after uh, all the while. The Bible talks about them in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham and Sarah talking about, it says in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, seen them, how? By faith. And were persuaded of them. By the way, the things that we, Dan just sang about, we believe. I hope that all of us are true believers. You know what we are? We're persuaded in those things. In the resurrection. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We're persuaded that He's coming back. These are things that we believe. These are promises that we can see afar off that we trust in and believe in. He says they are persuaded of them. Embrace them. And confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. In other words, the true believer says, this is temporary. I'm just passing through here. Like I have, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit comfortable. But I recognize that this here on this earth is temporal. No matter how comfortable I could get down here, it's temporal. He says in verse 16, but now they desire a what? Better country, that is, an heavenly, eternal. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So how can we see this real world that Paul the Apostle is talking about? How is it that we can... And it's important that we do. I believe it's important that we focus on the real world that Paul's talking about. Why? Because he talks about some of the... You remember last week, cause and effect. He talks about some of the implications of seeing the eternal. He says that we faint not. In other words, we're able to continue on in courage when we see what is real, the eternal, what is important. We faint not. In other words, we don't quit. We keep going. He says that we recognize that that our affliction, although... And he does admit that there is affliction. People do go through trouble and sorrow. But he says it's light in comparison to the glory that shall be revealed. Whatever we go through here on this earth as a believer, uh, he says it's working for us. And he says it's not to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in that real world. And he talks about this. He says that, that... that this light affliction is but for a, a moment. It's working for us. You say, again, how do we see this? And that's the key. How do we see this eternal? By faith. By faith. Hearing God's word. By faith in his promises. And what he has said to us. This faith that we have is evidence of things not seen. Paul, in his own ministry, and and actually in this chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he talks about his own ministry. Um, He he mentions that um, in verse 8, if you look back just a little bit at verse 8, he says, there's trouble on every side, but yet not distressed, perplexed, but not in despair. Like I have, I've had troubles, I have problems, but I'm not in despair. I'm not distressed. He says, persecuted, but not forsaken, verse 9. Cast down, but not destroyed. And then he says this, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. And this is where we get the title of this morning's message. He says, 
We having the same spirit of faith, spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believed and therefore speak. This spirit of faith on Mother's Day, this is what the message is, is that we need a spirit of faith. And this isn't just for the mothers, the fathers need a spirit of faith. Every individual needs this spirit of faith. The children need, every child of God, I believe, in this world has to be armed with that spirit of faith, of believing. It's not the the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world uh, is not a spirit of faith. It's not. No, the Bible says God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind. Paul the Apostle talks about a spirit of faith. Being able to see these things that are eternal. That are not temporal. That he is able to be renewed day by day. That he's able to be uh, able to continue on in the work of the Lord. And this wasn't just the Apostle. This, was, this, is, this is the Old Testament faith. Uh, Old Testament uh, saints throughout the word of God. Amen. I think of, of Caleb. In the Old Testament, Caleb, who the Bible said about him, had another spirit with him that he said he followed me fully when the rest of the nation of Israel seemed to be afraid and fearful to go in and possess the land that God had promised him. Uh, not Caleb. Caleb was not uh, had no fear at all. He, you know what he said? He said, let us go in at once and possess it. We are well able To overcome it. He had that same spirit throughout his life. It's many years later. Many years later. That Caleb says this. uh, Give me this mountain. Willing to continue to fight for the Lord. Willing to continue to go forward in faith. That's a spirit of faith. In that verse he says. uh, That same spirit of faith. Therefore I have spoken. I think when we believe, we can go forward. And when we have true faith, we don't have to faint. We don't have to quit. We don't have to fall down. We don't have to, you know, by faith, we are renewed day by day. Our strength is renewed. Paul, in that verse, says this. He says, as it is written, as it is written. So he's quoting an Old Testament psalm. From Psalms 116 and verse 10. That says this. I believe. Therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. The psalmist said. Yes I've gone through pain. I've gone through sorrow. I've been afflicted. Yes. But I believe. I believe in the Lord. I believe in the Lord. The psalmist also said in Psalm 27. Verse 13, I had fainted. You know, I think of that. I'd quit. I had fallen. I had failed. Unless, he says, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have fallen. I would have failed. I would have fainted. Unless, unless I believed to see. That's opposite of the world. That's opposite of the temporal, isn't it? See to believe. 
I need to see it to believe it. No. He said, believe it. And then you'll see it. This is by faith. This is how the word of God works. I have a, a, a story we're going to look at. Go to 1 Samuel from the Old Testament as an example of this that I hope will encourage, edify. 1 Samuel, the very beginning. A little bit of context for this, this story in, in 1 Samuel. This begins the period of time that this happens and is in the time of the judges. And you remember kind of the theme of the judges is that the people for 400 years were going through these cycles of defeat where they would turn away from the Lord and then be judged and then repent and then come back. And and it was just uh, for 400 years, it just seemed like going round and round and round. And one of the things that kind of, um, you know, summarizes that time period was there's a verse that says where, that everyone was doing what was right. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. People weren't following God. They weren't following his word and trusting in, in him and following after him. And in this time period, this was a, a time where there was no go- godly leadership. There was, no, there was no one standing up and, and preaching the truth and, and, and teaching the right way, God's way. It, there's a verse in the beginning here in, in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. It says the, Lord, the, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And it was precious because it was rare. It was precious because nobody was hearing the word of the Lord. Why was no one hearing the word of the Lord? <laughs> because no one was preaching the word of the Lord. It was a, it was a, it was a, a dry time, a, a famine of hearing the word and preaching the word. There was no vision. And the Bible tells us where there's no vision, the people perish. And that was what was going on at this time in God's nation, the nation of Israel. This is the, the circumstance. There was a priest. There was a priest. His name was Eli. But unfortunately, Eli honored his kids more than he honored God, which was a huge mistake. And his kids were the one who paid for it. So he would he he worried more about what his kids thought than what God thought. And again, it was it was the the, it hurt his own children. And so God needed to raise someone up. God needed someone that would follow him fully and trust him completely. That would be able to preach his word and be able to tell uh, his nation, his people, how that they can be in a right fellowship and a right, right walk with him. And so. It starts, it starts with a woman, and her name is Hannah. Now, can I tell you this without going into all the details of this first chapter? Hannah's life was not rosy. It was messy. Hannah's life was messy. Her home, uh, 
it was divided. Um, she had trouble in her home, to say the least. Okay? Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that she was afflicted. And the affliction that Hannah experienced came from within her own home. And it was tough. It was hard. Look with me. You're in in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. First Samuel chapter one, verse six. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Hannah has an adversary. You know what her adversary did? Provoked her. Provoked her to what? To fret. And I believe this. For the ladies and for all of us, we have an adversary. We have an adversary, the devil. The Bible tells us that. And you know what our adversary does? <laughs> he provokes us, tempts us, tries to get us to react, tries to get us to live in fear, tries to make us fearful, provokes us to fret. And it was working. It was working on Hannah. Verse, verse 8, the Bible says... Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Here she is in her life. She's she's grieved. She's she's weeping. She's spending her time in tears. And and so much so, she was so sad uh, that she couldn't eat. I mean, it was affecting her. In verse 10, The Bible says, and she was in bitterness of soul. She was in bitterness of soul. We sang that song this morning. It is well with my soul. That's that's completely different, isn't it? From being in bitterness of soul to being able to say it is well with my soul. She was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord. And what? She wept sore. Verse 11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. She's humbling herself before God. Oh God, I'm afflicted. Can you see me? Can you see me? And remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. She's in affliction. She's in bitterness. And I don't know how long this has gone on, but it seems it's gone on for years, being provoked, being afflicted in her own home. She, she can't get away from it, you know? Bitterness. I mean, doesn't that sound awful? Bitterness of soul. You know what she wanted? You know what she wanted more than anything? She wanted a child. She wanted a son. And I know that it's hard to be a mother. But for Hannah, it was harder to not be a mother. 
And she takes her affliction. She takes her pain to the Lord. With a heavy heart, she vows a vow. God, if you'll give me a child, if you'll give me a son, I will give him back to you. As we get to see this like glimpse into this lady's life, into Hannah's life, you know, again, her, her, her life, her home is messy. There's trouble. There's problems. And you kind of look at that and some would say, this is the real world. This is the real world with all the trouble and with all the problems and with all the pain. Welcome to the real world, Hannah, right? But behind the scene, in all that affliction, God was doing something in the real, real world that was going to have eternal impact, eternal impact. You know what he was working? He was working in this woman's heart to seek after him, to be willing to give her child back to him so that he could take that child and he could lead a nation back to himself. God's done this many times. We see that with Moses. We see that with the Lord Jesus Christ. That when he's going to bring a deliverer, a child is born. A child that would preach the word and would lead the people to repentance would anoint the next kings of Israel. The answer to Hannah's prayer was a child. But this was also the answer to Israel's problem. Was this child. And you know what? This was all born out of sorrow. All of this came from pain, from affliction. But can I tell you that it was a light affliction. Even though in the moment, it seemed really heavy for Hannah. Like, I can't take any more. I'm pretty sure Hannah was at that point. I can't take any more. But as she looks back, you know what it was? It was a light affliction. But for a moment. That couldn't be compared to the exceeding weight of glory that was to come. That was to come. Hannah prays. And I'm sure she prayed before. I'm sure that Hannah had prayed this prayer many a times. And this was a special day. They'd gone to the temple. They'd gone to Shiloh. They, uh, you know, she's there at church. And this time she prays with a broken and contrite heart. She prays with a sorrowful spirit. Verse 15, it says, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. You know, she's of a bitter soul and a sorrowful spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. You know, as she goes there and she's praying and the priest sees her, Eli sees her. And, 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 and she's, she's uh, her, 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 her lips are moving, but no words are coming out. And she's visibly uh, uh, troubled in, 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 in sorrow and pain. And you know what he assumes? Hey, this woman's come in here and she is drunk, right? Here she is, come in, to, in here and she's drunk. She said, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm of a sorrowful spirit. I am carrying a heavy burden. That's what's going on in my, 
in my heart, in my life. A quote I saw this week from John Bunyan, the author of of, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. And he knew a little bit about this after spending, I think, 12 years in prison for preaching the gospel. He said, in prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without heart. And, and here is, is Hannah. And although she's not saying words, she's, she is getting her point across to the Lord that she is broken, that she is pouring out her soul, pouring out her heart to the Lord. In verse 16, she's talking to the priest, Eli, and she says, verse 16, Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, have I spoke, spoken hitherto? You know what she says? <laughs> out of the abundance of my complaint, out of the abundance of my problems. Like I've come to church with a lot of problems. Out of the abundance. You want to know what kind of problems I got? You got time? Have a seat. Right? That's what Hannah's saying. I've got problems. Out of the abundance of my problems. Out of the abundance of my complaint. That's the opposite of I believe, therefore have I spoken. It's of a sorrowful spirit that she has the complaint, not of a spirit of faith. Verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. Hannah believed. She believed right there. Before the blessing happened, before she conceived, before she conceived, you know what she did? She believed. And you know what, that hap- what happened when she believed? Her heart changed. Her countenance changed. By faith, she said, I'm no more sad. Before the child, just on the promise. The promise alone was enough for her to say, okay, I believe God. I believe that God can do this miracle. I believe that God can... Change this. Verse 20, God answers prayer. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Samuel, Samuel was this answer to prayer. It was a miracle of God. Conception is a miracle of God. The first birth is a miracle of God. Only God can do that. And this is the same with the second birth. That's a miracle. It's a work of God for the second birth. And she says, verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also have I lent him unto the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. 
You know, she had promised that she would give him back. And after she weaned the child, just while he's still young, she takes him and leaves him there with the priest, leaves him there to, to, to serve the Lord. Now she'd be separated from him. And you know, I, I would think, just humanly speaking, as much as she wanted this son, as much as she wanted this child, to then be separated from him at such a young age, and that would be hard. You know, if you're away from your kids for any amount of time, it's, it, it's hard, right? And for him to, her to be able to separate and just leave him there with the priest to be able to serve the Lord, that would be hard. But here's the thing. Her focus had changed. Her, her heart had changed. And this didn't make her sad to have to do this. This didn't make her sad to be able to give him to the Lord. It actually, it made her happy. The, ver- the, next, the next verse in chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. I, I preached a message from this passage once called Hannah's Two Trips to Church. And you see the difference between her first trip and her second trip. Her first trip was of a broken spirit, a broken heart. A, 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 a sorrowful spirit. But her second one, she's rejoicing in the Lord. She is rejoicing in God. And here's the thing. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But here's the thing. God hadn't changed. The only thing that had changed was her focus on the Lord. Her understanding who he was. That he could be trusted. By the way, there's no way that you could let your child go like that if you didn't trust the Lord. She had to trust the Lord to take care of her, her child even from a little, little age. Like Moses' mother. Yeah. Right? Just had to give him to the Lord and say, he's in your hands. <laughs> the Lord did pretty well with both of them, didn't he? He did pretty well. Yes, he did. It says, and, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. There is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. (laughs) Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of thy mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And they that stumble are girded with strength. You know what she's doing? She's praying. She's praising God. She's honoring God. She's worshiping the Lord. Again, this is completely different from her first time there at church. Of a, of a, of a sorrowful spirit. And her, her affliction. The second time, you know what she is? She's full of faith. She has that spirit of faith. You know what she has? She has joy and rejoicing. She says she's rejoicing in the Lord. Can I tell you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. She had a song in her heart. She had a song that she could sing. Wasn't it good to sing the congregationals this morning? And I could hear the volume, you know, people singing out. It makes a difference if your heart is broken. Or if there's rejoicing when you sing these congregational songs. It really does. It makes a difference. And Hannah was able to sing. 
she was able to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because she trusted in him. Because she believed in him. He was her hope. He was her rock. He was her salvation. When the Lord is your salvation, you have something to sing about. You have something to be thankful for. You have something to praise for. Can I ask you this simple question this morning? Is the Lord Jesus Christ your salvation? And I mean that in a a really personal way. Is he your salvation? Not as he the creator. Not as he, you know, did he become man, God in the flesh. But has he become your salvation? Is there a point in time in your life where you can know that you can say that the work of Jesus Christ on the cross paid for my sins? Not just that Christ paid for the sins of the world, which he did, but he paid for my sin, that he took my place, that I trusted in Jesus Christ and he is my salvation. Can I tell you that changes things? The focus of that changes things in your heart. It becomes personal when your relationship with God becomes personal. Personal, and that's what he wants from us is a personal relationship that he is my hope, my rock, my hope of eternal life. How is this? How is this possible? By faith. By faith. That we would trust in him, that we would trust in Christ, the work of the cross that he did for us, that we would believe in him. That's why we say that we are believers. We believe in him. Hannah begins to praise the Lord, talking about how mighty he is and how powerful he is. She talks of his glory to God. Be the glory. Great things he hath done. That's what Hannah sang. And again, here's the difference. Was God any different three years later than he was when she was so afraid? And so frightened and so sorrowful. Had God changed one bit? God had not changed one bit. You know what changed? Her focus. She recognized God. She recognized his power. She recognized his strength and his majesty. And again, that changes everything. We're talking about our focus this morning. That spirit of faith. You know what the spirit of faith does? It causes us to believe. The promises of God. And to see what is eternal. And and has a greater value. And purpose than the temporal. God had not changed. Hannah had just recognized. Who God was. His majesty and glory. When she saw that. It became easy I believe. For her to give. What God had given her. By the way. The most precious thing she had. Was Samuel. Hannah didn't give away second best. She didn't give something to God that she didn't need anymore. Or want anymore. Or use anymore. Hannah gave to God her best. But she couldn't do that until she recognized that he was worthy of it. That he could be trusted. (laughs) 
that if I give my little child to God, he will be able to do more with him than I could. That as I give my child to God, that he will take care of him. That he loves him. And that he would help Samuel. And my goodness, you know that he did. God took care of Samuel. God helped him. God raised him up. God made him that great priest. God made him a great judge. God made him a great prophet. God did this in his life. So Hannah made the right choice. As we close, I want to go back to the verses we started with. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 13. The apostle says in verse 13, 2 Corinthians 4, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore, again, I love that right there. I I do, I really wish we all got that. I believe therefore. You know, we talked about the resurrection so long. Those therefores that Paul uses are really important, by the way. When he explained all of 1 Corinthians 15 and the resurrection and all that, and then he gave us one verse, therefore, therefore, right? This is what you're going to do now. This is what we're going to do. And, and a true believer has a therefore in their life. A true believer has a therefore. I believe therefore. This is the way I talk. This is the way I live. This is the way I praise. This is the way I worship. This is the way I believe in my affliction. This is, I believe, therefore, my affliction is light. No matter how heavy it is. I believe, therefore, I'm different. Right? A true believer has a therefore. It's not I believe and I, you know, it's all temporal. I believe and everything's still temporal. No, I believe, therefore, there's an eternal That even the affliction and even the sorrow is working for me. That's what I believe. I'm able to speak that in faith. I'm able to talk that way. Even though it's not happening. How can you talk that way? How can you believe like that? When your whole world is falling apart, how can you say those things? I believe, therefore. I speak. Right? I believe. Spirit of faith, according as I believe, and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That spirit of faith, I believe, therefore I've spoken. I believe, therefore my countenance has changed. I believe, therefore I'm no more sad. That's what happened to Hannah. When she believed, things changed. Things began to affect her. You know what? She said, I faint not. That's what the apostle says. Verse 16, for which cause we faint not. We can continue. We can continue serving the Lord, even in the trouble. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward is what? Renewed day by day. I hope, I pray that the Spirit of God for each individual here today would renew you. That you would be renewed. I hope that that, that, that Sunday morning is not just a check the box, but that you heard from the Lord and that you could go renewed in, in, in spirit and strength, that you could go renewed no matter what the problems were before you walked in, that you can say, I believe, therefore, I can take this week on. Yes. 
I believe, therefore, I can go forward. I believe, therefore, I will not faint. I've been renewed. I've heard from the Lord. I hope that you leave this morning more like Hannah's second trip to church than her first. And it's human to come that way. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I'm admitting that there are true human problems that we face. There is true affliction. There is true sorrow. There is true heaviness. There is those things. But God has made a way through his word, through the promises of his word, that when we engage in faith, engage in faith, that it will give us hope that we don't have to stay that way. Maybe you would be like the apostle or be like Hannah and say, I got to believe the Lord here. I got to put my faith. God, I need that spirit of faith to trust in you, to believe in you, to admit that, that, I, that, you know, there is sorrow, there is pain, but it's light affliction compared with the eternal, compared with the future glory that shall be revealed. We as God's people, we can live by faith. We can walk by faith. We can focus on the real world, <laughs> which is that which is not seen but which is eternal. God's glorious. He's, he is, he is, has all power. He is not changed. He has not changed since the days of Hannah. He's not changed. We can believe Him. We can trust Him. And no matter what it is that you have, He, he is worthy to be trusted. He's worthy to be trusted with your most important and valuable thing. Hannah was able to give her own child to the Lord. And God received it. You know what he did with it? He blessed it. And that's what God will do for us. I believe that. I believe, therefore. Maybe try to remember that this week. I believe, therefore. I believe. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful for your promises. We are thankful that, uh, God, that you will hear our prayers and that we can trust in you and that you will never fail us. God, that you will not forsake us. I pray for each of us, Lord, that you would, um, you would give us that spirit of faith, that we would believe, and that that faith and trust in you would change us, God, for your honor and glory. We need you, and God, you are faithful and good to us. So we thank you for it and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. challenged by this podcast leave a comment on the contact us page on our website or write to us 
2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.